On the current issues and the Constitution show, Professor Wilson will encourage you to stay informed and read the U.S. Constitution. The show is intended to shine a light on current issues that impact your daily life. Professor Wilson has twice received the American History Teacher of the Year Award in the state of West Virginia and is the recipient of many honors. He served in the armed forces and is currently a college professor. He is a true patriot who believes the understanding of the Constitution is key to our future and our future freedoms rest with informed youth. Please join us live where you can ask questions or listen on your time. Just follow the show feed to receive the latest shows delivered right to you. Don't miss any of these informative episodes. Are you ready? Take out a copy of the U.S. Constitution, a notepad, and let's get ready to learn. Welcome to all of you joining us today. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and with me on the line is Professor Wilson. Welcome, Woody. Thank you, Felice. Well, Woody, I am um, excited about today's uh, show. We are going to be talking about, um, you know, researching further things like Agenda 21 and Common Core. We're also going to talk about how you can uh, get active. You know, I call it political activism. And I said to Woody um, earlier today, I said, is that too harsh of a word? And Woody said, no, because we need to to be active. So um, we're going to talk about that and also I want to let you know that this show is sponsored by Media Angels Incorporated, and we offer an American history and American government class that has been taught uh, by Professor Woody Wilson, and um, we'll play a little bit more um, of a commercial about that a little bit later on. So you want to be listening, because if you've enjoyed these sessions, then you definitely will enjoy those classes. Uh, The government class has 32 hours of video. And the history class has uh, 62 hours of video. And the history class counts as a full credit. Uh, The government counts as half a high school credit. So there's some supplemental materials that go along with that. But um, both my kids um, are retaking the history because there was so much information there that they're watching that entire uh, series again and um, have really, really enjoyed that. And... So, Woody, um, with that, I I wanted you um, to discuss a little bit today um, about um, how the kids can research and get active. But before we do that, we already have uh, some questions here. So I want to go ahead and uh, ask you a question from Holly, who's from Phoenix, and it's on Common Core. And we've done a couple of sessions on that. So if you're listening uh, to this replay, um, we encourage you to go to currentissuesintheconstitution.com and scroll down to the bottom of the page, and you will see the replays there. Um, And we've done a couple on the Common Core. So Holly asks, proponents of the Common Core say that they are merely a set of standards and do not mandate how to teach. Yet I keep hearing from math teachers and parents about how the way they are supposed to do math now, and it makes no sense. If Common Core does not mandate how to teach math, why the ridiculous changes in the process? I'm talking about the convoluted, multi-step process of performing simple addition problems and such. Does the Common Core actually mandate the changes in math processes? Well, that's a very good question, Holly, and it's uh, one that um, I have not researched because in in my state, the math um, Common Core math has not been implemented yet. All we have is uh, 
uh, re basically reading language arts. No, I'm wrong. It is it is implemented. Uh, this is the first year. Um, talked to a, a friend of mine recently, and he teaches at one of the local high schools. And a good friend of his is a math teacher, and he said he went in to um, talk to his friend uh, after school one day, and his friend was just very upset, very disturbed, had books and papers in front of him. Uh, scratching his head, trying to figure out what this new math was. I mean, this is a one of the top math teachers in, in the district, and he just could not understand what the Common Core standards were all about. Uh, apparently, it's a very uh, fuzzy math, and apparently, um, uh, students get in teams. Uh, in this math class, They're, they are to work in teams and arrive at a consensus for the answer or for the formula and for the answer. Um, so instead of going by hard and fast algebraic uh, formula, students are basically reaching consensus on, on reaching their own. And more often than not, their answers are not correct, but it is to be scored as correct. And uh, you know, he was just at a loss as to how to go on with this. Uh, so there is no content requirement or how to teach requirement, they say. And that's just basically propaganda because in this man's case, as I just described, there is a template as to how he is supposed to teach this course or, or this, this kind of math. Um, and, you know, frankly – that's um, uh, that's dishonest. It's ba basically the, uh, Common Core has become the Common Core Foundation has become just like any political or business advertising corporation. They're just simply uh, trying to make us believe that the that this is the end all uh, set of standards for students to achieve it at high rates, and and we know that that's just not true the standards will be lowered. It's a dumbing down process. The tests uh, will be lowered. SAT and ACT uh, tests are going to become far less difficult um, as a right result of all these kinds of changes. And that's, this is one of the things, math in particular, and in reading language arts, of course, they're going to eliminate half the curriculum. Um, students won't be studying the classics, the literature, and so on, teachers are supposedly going to be required to teach uh, primary documents, reading and understanding and reading comprehension and drawing conclusions from a document about women's rights or the civil rights movement or global warming and those kinds of things. So it's, um, it looks to me like an attempt to inculcate um, Agenda 21 propaganda into the reading language arts curriculum, or at least... Um, American socialist big government uh, programs into the curriculum and the thinking of the students who will be in those courses. But this math thing I'm hearing more and more is really creating quite a storm amongst uh, teachers, educators of various stripes, and uh, both in states and, and in districts as well. And uh, I think there's, you're going to see a rising if you follow this, if you research this yourself. I think you will see a rising voice against those standards. I know there is in my district. 
and I know there are in several other districts. Um, I think 45 states uh, accepted Common Core originally, and now South Carolina uh, recently withdrew. Indiana was the first state to repeal. Okay, they said, well, we will take it on a time basis. We'll take it and study it. And then they said, no, we don't want it at all. Um, and in my district, we are going. We are forming a committee that's part of part of which will study and examine and read, do deep research on common core standards, including math, and then we're gonna develop strategies to either get it out of our county or get it out of our state or at least manipulate it and basically blend it with our own West Virginia content standards and objectives and uh, basically give common core a back seat to our own CSOs. And again, this is happening all over the country and it can happen right where you are and you and your family and friends can be the uh, catalysts that, that bring this uh, into effect. You can oppose it. In fact, um, I guess while we're on this, it's a good time to say that uh, we live in a democratic society. This is a nation, as Abraham Lincoln put it, of, by, and for the people. And it was in, for quite some time, um, uh, clear up into the, to the 1970s and the 1980s, the American people were very alert, very well informed. Uh, they were very much involved um, in the problems of the nation and problems of the world. And that might have been because I think when the Soviet Union collapsed and the Cold War was over, I think Americans just uh, kind of relaxed and said, okay, the world is safe, the world is beautiful, let me, let me go do my thing. Um, and they just basically began to tune out. And then along comes technology, and you get all these kids that are just walking around with uh, phones glued to their ears, and they take it down long enough to text, uh, whatever, I don't, I'm not sure. And, you know, I was almost hit recently by a woman, uh, she's, I'm driving on a two-lane highway, and I see her swerving. I hit the horn, and she jerks back over. And I noticed as she passed by that even when she jerked her car back to her side, of, the, she didn't take the cell phone that she was talking on uh, from the side of her head. Uh, so, so all of this came along, and I think it, it, it must be, I've never done it, but it must be an exciting and dynamic thing that they're doing. They're, they're just addicted to it. And video games as well, I understand, are are pretty graphic and realistic and 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 you you get these generations becoming adults and continuing I know people that are continuing to play video games into their 30s and 40s mm -hmm. and they're not they don't watch the news when right. I was a kid every evening my family sat down and watched the news it was a half an hour show back in those days no cable or anything like that but uh, my goodness, that's gone. That's lost. And the American people just seem to be disengaged from domestic well, and, and international problems. Right. Well, so, I have a, yeah, I, I want to add, add Woody. I have a group on LinkedIn um, I was telling you about this morning, and it is uh, called Homeschool Vendors and Customers. And we keep it to robust discussions, and I just, I posted about Common Core and I said, you know, what do you think? And I also added the video 
uh, commoncoremovie.com that people could look at and see, um, you know, some of uh, what's being um, shown around, uh, especially to the homeschoolers, because we are very vigilant, especially when someone's going to come and tell us how we can or can't teach our children. And then if they can't do that, they're going to change the uh, SAT test to reflect that. We talked about um, Common Core and the SAT and what that will look like uh, in one of the other shows. Um, however, yeah. some of what is being asked really is, you know, people who don't understand um, why homeschoolers are upset. And, you know, one gentleman did post that the state of Indiana rejected Common Core via SB91, um, which I don't know what that is, Woody. But he said, however, the new state standards that our Board of Education adopted today are Common Core in name only. I just came from testifying on this topic at today's hearing, and then he had a blog post um, that he uh, was able to add a link to, which is in the group if you're interested. Um, but anyway, he talked about that, and he said, um, I mentioned this group as an example of an entrepreneurship that is taking place nationwide and why the powers that are attempting to eliminate competition. And another interesting thing that came out of that was another group that is uh, Samuel uh, Bloomfield, uh, who is very instrumental um, in education, and a couple of other names said, and I think this is interesting because I really have not heard anything about this, that others are warning that Common Core was purposely uh, made awful to end up with charter schools that may have more power than the public schools currently have which is very interesting to me. Um, and there's, there was also a video link to a YouTube um, video that is, uh, they actually have conferences that are talking about this with some people that are very instrumental in education. So, you know, it's, it's interesting, Woody, that a lot of things are coming out and maybe just like you said, you know, adults still playing video games and now we're legalizing pot so we can, you know, further... Uh, nullify the brains of many people who um, want to exactly. just sit around and, and smoke pot, and um, you know, and, and we're we're just thinking, you know, let let them eat cake too, you know, <laughs> Marie Antoinette, mm -hmm. you know, let's just let's just give the people what they want, and they'll self-implode, and they'll just be so out of it that they're not going to care, and they're just not they're discounting this very strong segment. You know, the you and I, the, the people who are podcasting, the people who, like you, um, you're a retired educator who is not, um, you know, just eating bonbons and reading the latest novel, Woody. You are um, at City Hall, so to speak, uh, fighting uh, for a cause and, you know, telling your the people in government, um, you know, we're here and we're watching and we're going to let others know. Uh, so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Um, if you are listening to this, I meant to mention at the beginning, we do have a handout. Woody's given us uh, lots of his notes um, when he was researching Agenda 21, uh, the different segments of it, and uh, you know, and how I have to say I never even heard of it um, until you you pointed that out, Woody. Um, that that it is here and it is, it is very insidious. So. These are things we need to research. So I guess that would be something um, I would like to ask is, you know, can you give the, the listeners, uh, parents, uh, students, 
some some tips about going ahead and researching. I'm going to give you about um, I'm going to give you a time frame of about 10 minutes there, Woody, and then we're going to break for commercial. Okay. Well, let me uh, let me finish what I was saying about uh, political okay. activism. Um, one of the problems that, that we have in this modern era, the last two or three decades, is that people are not politically active. In fact, they are politically ignorant. And you see mm. all kinds of polls and, and videos. Uh, saw one I probably told you about where students at Columbia University didn't know who the vice president of the United States was. Right. So, right. so basically for uh, many different reasons, uh, marijuana included, uh, American citizens are dropping out of the national discussion, and they're not politically active at all. Uh, that gives – in fact, I think, you know, sometimes uh, I once thought, or maybe I said it out loud, that uh, uh, America's future is in the hands of home schools, uh, that the public schools are basically socialist propaganda organs now, as are the universities. Uh, home schools are, is where you actually have independent thought. Um, and there, there are other people, too, that uh, like me, that uh, um, I'm not a part of the homeschool community except through my friendship with my sister-in-law. But uh, <laughs> non, none, nonetheless, there are lots of other people like me and a good friend I just had a one-hour discussion with this morning about how we're going to proceed with the Board of Education here in our district and Common Core Standards. We talked about that quite some time. We talk strategies. So there are a lot of us out here who are politically active. We are political activists, and uh, we pay attention. I read the newspaper every morning. I go to Fox News every morning. I usually, in one day, I spend an hour or an hour and a half researching something. Today I was research researching global cooling, and I'm not kidding. Um, so... I think as you young people, as you grow up, like I've said before, you need to make political activism a part of your life. It's got to be one of the things that you do on a regular basis. Now, you can go to city council meetings. You can go to board of education meetings. You can go to county um, commission meetings, whatever you call those local organizations in your states. You can go there and just sit, or if you want mm -hmm. to, you can fill out a little yellow card, and uh, you can address the uh, city council or the board of education, and you can tell them what you think. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm reading about towns and communities that have rejected. They accepted and then rejected Agenda 21 because citizens who lived there knew about it, found out about it, researched it, and went and educated the city council or the county commission. Listen, this is what these guys are, and this is what they're going to do. And the council or the commission uh, basically comes up with a uh, whereas type of document, and they reject it because of political mm -hmm. activism. So if some of us are awake, um, and if we can expand our numbers, we can make a difference. And it's not just about waiting for the election two years down the road. It's all the time. It's knowing what's going on on your local level, what's going on your state level, what's going on on the national level, and what's going on globally. It just uh, United Nations, uh, my gosh, they just tried to get us to pass a disarmament uh, policy and it almost made it through the Senate. The vote was 53 to 46 to take away our weapons, our, our right to own, own a gun. Um, so being alert, being knowledgeable, 
has got to become a part of your life. And not just that, then when you find a threat to you, your family, your way of life, then you take action. And lots of ways to do that, as we've been discussing uh, throughout the last several months on this show. So absolutely, be politically active all of your life. Very good. Very good. All right, Woody, well, we are going to take a break for a commercial, and we will be right back to pick up. All right. What happens when you learn about the fabulous facts of American history, add notable presidential events, and a good measure of the U.S. Constitution? Well, you get a history class that is informative and has no rival. See 64 hours of video taught by AP-level instructor and award-winning professor of American history, Robert Woodrow Wilson, were recorded with a live audience. Now available on demand on your time, you can view this class from the comfort of your own home. This video course comes with instruction, handouts, and the tools you need for a high school level course that can be enjoyed by students of all ages. Especially designed for the homeschool audience and published and produced by Media Angels, a company you have learned to trust with the goal of excellence in education. Need more information? Sure. Go to MediaAngels.com or go to AmericanHistoryKidsClass.com and order your set today. Your kids will thank you. Hi and welcome back. My name is Felice Gerwitz and I am the moderator of the current issues in the Constitution. And today with me is Professor Wilson, who as always um, has great information and you know, what you were sharing with me earlier that um, you never get through all of your show notes um, that you have prepared for each show. And I, I think it's, it is an ongoing conversation um, that we have, you know, just uh, with the things happening. It just Is it me um, or does it seem lately that things have just sped up? I mean, we've got current issues um, dealing with things that could possibly change the face of what the USA looks like, um, and um, it, it's scary. I mean, with the health care law, with uh, current Common Core, with Agenda 21, these are not just um, little things that are localized, but this is really on a global and national level. Yes, it is, and it's very, very difficult to um, say exactly where it is, what its locus is, where it began. Um, and, of course, most of their strategy discussions are not made available to the public. Uh, you can't get them as long as they don't email each other. Um, like Roosevelt and Winston Churchill planning the United Nations, they were the only two in the room and nothing was recorded. Um, so mm -hmm. it's very, very difficult to know where these things are coming from. But um, you can research many of these things, and my committee uh, did a great deal of research on Common Core and Agenda 21, and um, the um, problems with student learning and achievement in, in our school district, uh, which was a part of it. We uh, examined, I have now examined in detail 31 pieces of text curriculum um, in this district. And I'm finding wow. uh, the social justice, I'm finding socialism, um, I'm finding multiculturalism and diversity are replacing history. Uh, the history mm -hmm. books are it used to be about history and historical events and historical people, historical change. 
um, but it's just these textbook companies. And so you mentioned um, uh, Felice a minute ago about uh, establishing monopolies. It looks like um, some people believe, and I'm not. I'm not sure yet. I'm, I use the scientific method basically um, in my research. Um, I'm not convinced yet, but I think it's quite possible that Pearson Publishing Company is the biggest and the baddest of all the textbook uh, uh, publishers. And it looks like instead of having to go to 50 different states to make a campaign for selling their books, Common Core would allow them to have basically a monopoly, and they would eventually swallow up um, other textbook companies, and they would have a monopoly on textbook publication. We're talking about billions of dollars in profits uh, throughout yep. the United States. So I've read that. I, I think that's, that's possible, but um, again, I haven't found the documentation to prove it. And again, a lot of these strategy sessions are never recorded, and mm -hmm. it, it takes a whistleblower. Uh, for us to find out about those kinds of things, like the NSA thing and our and our, our telephones. So, in terms of researching, um, really the best way is uh, you're probably you probably got one in the room right now. It's called a computer, and it's called right. online. It's called the web, uh, the World Wide Web, uh, whatever you want to call it. I was in a seminar, a history seminar, about eight or nine years ago. And um, we were giving, given two boxes of brand-new books, uh, biographies, and, and several other types of books. And we would read the book and uh, go to the seminar and talk to the author. Sometimes two or three authors would show up. Sometimes we did it by video conference. And um, in one, one case, um, a book by an Ohio State University professor, his name was Les Benedict, a really nice fellow. Uh, that wrote a book on the history of the United States Supreme Court with all their major decisions and examinations of various periods and how they were impacted and so on. And um, I had a few questions for him that I had written down while reading the book. So he and I sat down together over hot dogs and beans, I think it was, at an evening uh, meal at a picnic shelter and um, and we talked, and one of the questions I asked him is, I said, well, Les, where did, where did, you, uh, where did you do your research? He said, oh, well, 98% online. So 98% of the information on that book came from Internet research. So it's there. It's a tool. You don't need a library anymore. You don't need a book anymore. Really, you don't. Books and libraries are obsolete and don't know it yet. I think uh, you come back in 60 or 70 years, you're not going to see those things anymore. Um, I noticed in uh, the library in my school, when I first started teaching there in 1998, boy, there was just row after row after bookshelves and packed with books. Well, they're gone now. And all of a sudden, there were two computers in the library. Then there were six, and now there are 30. And the same thing with the public library. So... Doing your research, first of all, use a scientific process. You can, if right. you don't know what it is, and I'm sure that Felice does, well, go yeah. online and find it. Um, I'm looking for. I'm looking at a site called Science Buddies, and right here, the scientific method. Here are the steps. First, you ask a question. All right, um, who is behind Common Core? 
or are the Common Core math standards realistic? Okay, ask a question. Then do background research. Type in Common Core Math, Tom, Common Core Math Pro Con, uh, keywords like that, and read. Uh, after you've done some reading and uh, through this research, number three, you construct a hypothesis. Okay, here's what I think. Here's what I believe. Now, test your hypothesis by looking for specific data uh, that will prove or disprove your hypothesis. Once you get the data accumulated, you analyze it, of course, you draw a conclusion. Now you communicate your results. Uh, scientific report, an essay, a letter to the editor, um, any, any, you know, and if you're a homeschool student, of course, you're doing it for credit. Uh, you're doing it for uh, scores and so on and so forth. And, and use rubrics, use, use templates. Um, I think you could say that the scientific method that I just ran through is a template. And an excellent thing to keep you going. Now, don't enter your research. And this is very difficult. Sometimes I have to slap myself in the side of the head uh, to remind myself, don't go in there with a bias. Don't go after common core math standards with an intention, I'm going to find problems with this. Just go in there with an objective, completely open mind and examine the data. Collect and examine the data. Then draw your conclusion. And sometimes you will be surprised at what you find. Um, but it's very important to bring all of this data together into your conclusion and then communicate it that way. That's what scientists do. Okay? So uh, this, this way, and what you don't realize Regardless, you might re be researching the causes of World War II or what brought on the collapse of the Soviet Union or why is the economy in a six-year slump. Um, communicate it. Put it in some form, some written form, a presentation, maybe to other people, maybe to other homeschoolers. Um, a presentation with PowerPoints, very well organized and sharp, real quality. Um, and the same, same way with writing a scientific report. It's like writing a lab report or writing an essay, a an essay with documentation, an ex essay about the data, an essay about the facts proving your conclusion. It's very important to do that. And the scientific method is not limited to science. Uh, you can use it in, in um, social studies, um, politics, economics, um, a, a Senate race, for example. You can use it anywhere, anyway. And just once you start doing that, it becomes a part of your mentality. Uh, your brain essentially becomes a science brain. And I don't mean science in the sense of, um, of biology and astronomy and so on. I mean science in an approach to re research and conclusions about anything, anything at all, about your relationship with a member of the opposite sex. Think scientifically and objectively. And those things will get you a long way towards where you want to be. No, that's very good, Woody. And it, it really is um, more of an organized approach than just 
um, going online and, and putting in a keyword and then being overwhelmed by the amount of information uh, that is available. So this way it does keep you um, a little bit more uh, focused. focused and organized. Yeah. 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 Well, um, there there's a link that I shared about the, the textbook companies. Um, other people have talked about that, and um, they feel that it is, a, re, a real problem um, that a lot of the curriculum companies um, are not, you know, we're not realizing it. And, and so um, in this LinkedIn group that I run, it is um, made up of many of us that do um, sell homeschool curriculum. So it is, you know, kind of a, an important thing and we look at these things. Um, also, becoming compliant um, is a real issue among uh, homeschool curriculum companies because if they do not become compliant, then if they're selling to private schools uh, that have to be compliant, um, or you know some of them um, do sell even to some of the public schools, then their curriculum will not um, cannot be used because it isn't. So it's really what I see here, Woody, is it's a, a major uh, cause of division. And um, it also seems like it's really putting it, um, taking things out of our hands. Yes, I, I think that that is the intention. It's just basically, uh, really, you're exactly right. It's ripping the power out of, of the hands of parents uh, to do what they want to do uh, in, in any way. But I, I would urge, urge uh, all homeschoolers, don't use textbooks at all. Just don't use them. you got and you got a computer. That's all you need. That's your textbook. Mm-hmm. I mean, what if I walked into a classroom one day and I said, okay, um, uh, get out your smartphones. Uh, I have, you know, a lot of classrooms in my school, my old school. Now I have a lot of teachers have a bank of 30 um, computers. I forget what they're called that are stored in the room and they recharge uh, constantly. I can't remember what that's called, a pad of some type. I'm not good with technology, but... I'd, uh, I'd say, okay, an everybody, iPad. an iPad, maybe everybody grab mm-hmm. an iPad, um, and uh, you've got 30 minutes to tell me what to to research and tell me in priority order the top five causes of the progressive movement in 1900. Okay, uh, never mind, I'm going to give you 45 minutes. This is a big study. Um, I want your list by the end of the period. Okay, what if I did that? I don't need a textbook to do that. We don't need textbooks. You need research projects, and that's what I did in the last 10 years of my teaching. Everything was research, and everything was independent and team-oriented analysis challenge, basically. And uh, when teams were finished, they had to hand in their documentation in quality form, and they had to make some kind of presentation, whether it was a panel discussion or a whole class discussion or a PowerPoint presentation, to the rest of the class. And then we would move on to the next historical topic. And I hope you're doing something like that um, in your home schools because that's when you learn. When when you do the scientific method of research and so on, when you're finished Mm -hmm. and you present your conclusions, you remember about 98% of everything that you studied. 
Well, when you use the textbook and you memorize the facts and take the test and move on, in six months you forget 99%. You only remember 1%. So the research and analysis approach is vastly superior in terms of long-term learning. So what do we need textbooks for anyway? And it's one of the things I'm going to um, really try to stress. I guess in some areas, maybe math, it might be useful to have a textbook, although I'm not sure that's absolutely required. Um, I've never taught math. But I know that in science, social studies, and English, you don't need a book. You don't need a book. Right. You, need a, you need a computer with online access. And you need right. to know how to put together analytical the analytical approach to units as opposed to a didactic approach uh, to units. And that makes the difference in student learning. And I think a lot of homeschoolers are already doing that, and that's why they outscore public schools uh, on SAT and ACT tests. Okay, so, so here's the question, and, you know, your house is full of books and my house is full of books. So what he's not saying, get rid of all books, he's just saying that, um, you know, one a, a textbook pretty much is one person's opinion or their slant on a particular topic. So, exactly. you know, we call it revisionist history when we're reading things that, you know, did not, in my, you know, my little bit of research happen or just one tiny minor thing that is exploded into a full chapter that maybe could have one sentence um you know, a little blip in time, um, or, you know, cultural things that have nothing to do with, um, you know, that aspect of, of the text. I mean, we've seen all kinds of things. And a history class and government class you taught um, for the homeschoolers, Woody, both of those, you um, kept telling the children to uh, go to three sources, three primary sources, is what Woody mm -hmm. kept sending them to. And I, I think that was... Uh, you know, one of the amazing things that came came out of that. But my concern um, with this um, encroachment, if you will, of our our federal government is that we are becoming so reliant on the Internet um, that wasn't there something uh, recently that we heard about uh, Obama trying to give away uh, the control of the Internet yeah. to the international sure. community. Yeah, he he wants to be the next Secretary General of the United Nations, so he's playing ball with them. That's what he's doing. Yeah, and and so you know we need to be there. Needs to be a huge outcry and not let that happen because if that does happen, then a lot of our rights are going to be taken away. Yep. And um, you know, right now we uh, we do pay for the internet in terms of sales, and um, you know we make transactions we make online so that that people. Um, you know, I host a website. I host this radio show. On a, uh, all the information resides on a a server somewhere, and you know we are all paying for it, whether we're consumers or or producers. Uh, you know, and so it's a concern to us because it could get so expensive um, that it would hurt us. And then also um, there there was this whole thing about sales tax um, that will at some point shut down. The small, um, the small vendors, you know, uh, small publishers and things like that, because we could not possibly have the infrastructure to pay sales tax in every state. I pay sales tax in the state in which I reside, 
so there are a lot of things that, you know, are happening and, and there are going to be changes and so we need to keep looking at these things, but we also need to keep our eyes open, Woody, which is what we've been trying to do in these sessions that we've, um, you know, had with this radio show. We can't cover everything that we'd like to, but um, that's why, I, you know, we, we were talking about this and, and you're, you're um, you know, very concerned about um, people thinking for themselves, as you said so well earlier, as well as um, doing the research. So we just have to continue to pray that these avenues remain open to us and that, uh, you know, there isn't this, you know, takeover of our airways, if you will. Exactly. I mean, the United States, United States has the best technology and the best technology people in the world. Why would you give away something as important as the uh, control of the Internet to a lesser body, even if it's the United Nations? And I assume that that's a part of the Agenda 21 power grab to control information. And if the United Nations did have control of the Internet, then you're going to see all kinds of censorship. And you might mm-hmm. get to the point where um, the Internet would not be usable, where a lot of topics, a lot of subjects simply uh, would be blocked, uh, like they right. are in places like Iran and China. Uh, this would be a global thing. And, of course, uh, control of information. Whew, power. That is real, real power. Um, as long as it's in the United States, it will be free and democratic. Give it to the United Nations. You're looking at the Agenda 21 people, one world government. So, no, we cannot, we cannot allow that. Well, I was driving today on my way to have lunch with a friend before the show and this gentleman, um, and it wasn't even like that nice of a car, but he took the time and the money um, to put this um, outcry, if you will, a public outcry in the back of his his car about um, against communism and just exactly what we're talking about. He probably would really enjoy the show, and I wish I had, was stopped at a light or I would have taken out my phone and taken a picture of it so I could read it to you. And, you know, probably <laughs> yeah. think, oh, I'm going to remember this, but of course I didn't. But, um, but I mean, it was, it was a quote um, from one of the presidents, and it was against, um, you know, uh, communism, basically. It, it was something to the effect of, you know, like when you take away um, the thought process and the information from the American citizens or citizens, this is what you get. And, again, I wish I'm going to have to try to paraphrase it and research it online as best I can remember, you know, after the show. But um, I didn't have time beforehand. But I'm thinking to myself, you know what, this is what's going to happen if they start taking these other avenues away because everybody who's sitting behind this gentleman is going to read his car. It was nice, big, clear uh, lettering. You know, I don't know how he did it, but it was very professional looking. And, um, you know, with a car in Florida with windows open, meaning his AC doesn't work, <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> but, you know, he, he was going through this expense, you know, to yeah, put this yeah. information out there. And I think we're going to see more and more of that. I, I You know, just like the groups you've got going um, in, in, in your state, uh, in your area, Woody, we're going to see more of that because I think people are really tired of this. And I know that homeschoolers um, will unite. Um, many times when they when the things have happened that infringe upon our rights, we have made those calls. We have, you know, closed down uh, the White House lines. 
And, um, you know, we hear about that later because, you know, they don't want that to happen. But with uh, Common Core, Agenda 21, there's nobody voting on this stuff. There's no, it's not coming through our political system in a way that we can, you know, um, do this outcry until afterwards. I feel like the horse has been let out of the barn or the cow, whatever the saying is. I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a farm girl. But, you know, and then now you're trying to close the barn door. And, you know, we're, we're angry and, you know, we're frustrated and, uh, you know, homeschoolers do not like their, light, their rights infringed upon. Uh, you know, the U.S. citizens at large don't like their rights infringed upon. But I think, like you said, you know, so many of them are in the dark. They're not watching the news. Um, and, you know, even with my own children, I have to say, they're not happy watching the news because it seems like it's all sensationalism. Um, and it's it's difficult. Uh, and too many to get commercials. To oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, we unfortunately. Um, yeah, I think are, you might you might be wise to uh, help them learn to research the news on the computer. Right. Yeah, they've been uh, doing that. I used but to. I when like I was to watch te- it. When I was teaching, I would uh, spend a half an hour on CNN, which is slightly liberal, and half an hour on Fox News, which was slightly conservative. I never told my students um, what my personal politics were, but I helped them to develop their own uh, by uh, by understanding issues. Um, so I, I think that your kids and, and homeschool students, you, you might want to take a half an hour uh, to do news right. research or even an hour to do news research uh, every day and get your news that way. That way you can pick and choose. When you're watching news on television, you just you're a captive audience and and all you can watch is what they present but but if you go to Fox News for example there's must be a thousand different videos in there you can watch or or articles that you can read so if you want to look uh, at common core or agenda 21 or the latest news on the senate race um or uh, something funny that happened out in Vail Colorado uh, that might make you laugh, uh, enjoy it, th- those kinds of things. You can research the news that you want to know about and that's important to you and your family and your community. Um, that way it becomes yours. You're not, you're not um, a captive audience anymore. Uh, you're the one that, that chooses what you do with, with current, current news and uh, other related issues. So you might want to give that a shot. It works yeah. for me. <laughs> no, it does. And and we have done that. It's just, you know, I like to watch the news and I want them to sit there uh too. So um but yeah, it does it does for the kids I think especially because they're realists and um you know, they can see through a lot of this. Um Arola asks, the thing I keep hearing is that more people would voice their thoughts but they are scared of what Obama knows against what we believe um may do at some point. So people um, are already afraid, Woody, it sounds like, of of what uh, the repercussions may be for, for voicing their opinion. Um, you know, that didn't stop the patriots um, in the Revolutionary War, did it? Uh, fear, fear was not something that uh, caused them to behave in a particular way. And... One thing that you just cannot do is you cannot be controlled by fear. Uh, you got, got to be controlled by what is right and what is just and what's democratic and what's freedom. Um, 
I fear I fear nothing personally. I'll write a letter and make a phone call to anybody that needs to be written to or called. Um, mm-hmm. Don't worry about any backlash or any repercussions. I don't. We are not at the point yet uh, where you can be punished legally for expressing an opinion. Although we seem to be moving in that direction right now, I, I think you have full protection of the First Amendment to say what's on your mind. You know, in many conversations uh, in the past, uh, I, I think back in the 1980s, I developed this line that somebody says to me, well, you shouldn't say that. I respond simply by saying I'm a free citizen in a free society, and I can say whatever I want to say. And I believe that that's still true. You know, as long as it's not um, causing somebody harm or as long as you're not advocating the assassination of the mayor or, or whatever, um, uh, you can you can stand up in a city council meeting or board of education meeting. You can write a letter to the editor. You can say whatever you want to say. And there might be people that disagree with you, even object to what you say or try to disprove what they say, but they cannot take away your right to say it. Not yet. Although um, 30 or 40 or 50 years from now, uh, things could be different. Depends on how many of us wake up, disconnect from our cell phones, and start paying attention and being involved. Political activism. It depends on that. Well, I'm really happy with what you're doing, Woody, um, in your state, and appreciate your your time and effort with this uh, this show as well. And we'll be addressing uh, some very important things in the future. So be sure to um, remain connected to us on our uh, e-zine that goes out weekly. And if you go to the ultimate homeschool radio network.com, there are places where you can sign up for that. And we will uh, let you know when we have specific topics that you would like to hear. And also on our website at current issues in the constitution, there are Lots of shows uh, that we have recorded um, with what we call evergreen content. Uh, that is a lot of the issues that affect um, us as citizens of the U.S. Uh, Woody has covered quite a number of those, um, and those all are are very, very good. Um, you know, Woody was looking at the list. You covered conservatives versus liberals, defending the Constitution, immigration, capitalism versus socialism, abortion. Uh, national security versus civil liberties, religion, education, health care, congressional elections, which are coming up, um, and entitlement spending, national debt, foreign policy, um, and more. <laughs> Just like yeah. a lot uh, of things that were woven in, plus some uh, current events. And uh, we're not going to have time today for the current events, but um, I would like to address um and going into it in as much depth as I would like to, but I do um, think, uh, you know, and it is something that will date this audio, but I do want to address it quickly, Woody. And that is uh, the recent uh, NBA uh, banning of one of the owners um, of a a basketball league who had some racist comments um, that he uh, shared in private that was recorded, and then um, it was on that TNZ um, website plus another website, and you could hear the full uh, 
the full outcry. Um, without going into, again, we don't have a lot of time left in this episode, but Woody and I um, are not racist. We, we believe that, um, you know, that it's a horrible thing what he said, but in a private conversation you and I had, Woody, one of, um, you know, I, I think he should be banned, and I think, you know, that, that there are a lot of penalties that should be, uh, you know, he should sell his team, and he'll only make, what, a billion dollars? I mean, it's, they find him $2.5 million, which is like finding us $25. You know, it's yeah. not going to hurt yeah. him. In, yeah, in the least. But what upsets me about this entire thing is that, it, and, you know, because I've, I've been sitting at your feet with with the with the Constitution and our rights, this was a recorded private conversation. And this man, who is very um, racist, you know, as horrible as that is, like I think anyone who who believes that abortion is correct, I think that's horrible, but I think they have a right to their opinion. Um, you know, I think it should not be legal, but that we're going into another area here. And he does have, you know, under under our Constitution, well, he has a right to his opinion. He has freedom of speech. So I'm going to let you address. address yeah, I think um, uh, you know, there there is hate crime. Uh, hate, there are hate crime laws. Uh, many states have them, and the federal government has it. Um, I'm not sure he broke any laws, really. Uh, I'm not sure he did anybody any harm uh, with his speech. And I think that whoever the lady was that uh, uh, that released this to the public, I think she is uh, as as guilty or as deserving as condemnation as Sterling is. Uh, mm-hmm. She just she took something of his, something personal, something private, and gave it to the public, and probably made a lot of money uh, for doing it. And right. a lot of people got hurt because he mentioned specific names that didn't need to be hurt. Um, So Donald Sterling is a racist. Uh, He's probably one of about a billion throughout the world. And uh, he he deserves, I mean, he's not somebody that would sit at my dinner table. He's not somebody that that I would respect or praise. In fact, fact, he is somebody I would condemn. Uh, Racist to me, I have no patience for them whatsoever. And just because he's a billionaire that owns the L.A. Clippers doesn't mean that he is more guilty uh, than some poor farmer uh, out in a place called Nevada. His name was Bundy, by the way. Uh, so uh, so put, every, put everything in balance. And, and one of these, of course, we're talking about First Amendment freedom of speech. Um, and I have a right to like oysters, then I have a right to dislike salmon. And with anything else, uh, with with trees or automobiles or people, I have the right to like and dislike what what I please. And I, again, I'm a free citizen in a free society, and I'll say what I want to say, as long as I don't do somebody harm or break any laws. I'm not sure he did. But one of the things that bothers me and while I condemn Donald Sterling and all other racists, what about Jeremiah Wright? What about Louis Farrakhan? What about Al Sharpton? Mm-hmm. These guys frequently condemn and say terrible things about white people. Sharpton even uh, played a leading role 
in something goes back in the early 1990s um, in New York City, and he was in, inciting, he was encouraging black mobs to physically attack Orthodox Jews in New York City. Okay, why does he get a free pass? Uh, how does he get away, away with it? Because he's black attacking whites, and that's okay? The white attacking blacks, that's not okay? What about yeah. the 14th Amendment, equal protection of the law? Um, if we're going to do this, if we're going to say that hate speech uh, of a racial nature is evil and is not to be tolerated, and we want to make a law against it, then we've got to enforce it against everybody, uh, white people and black people who practice it. Uh, fair and balanced, freedom of speech, equal protection of the law. And if the media would just shut up, I remember one of my, Calvin Coolidge is not one of my favorite presidents, but he said some of my favorite things. And one of his uh, quotes that I just dearly love, and he is perfectly right, and he puts it so simply and so excellently, is this. Four-fifths of all of our problems would go away if we'd all just sit down and be still for a while. And I think on this race thing, I think we had a good thing going until these guys, Wright, Farrakhan, Sharpton, many others, just start chirping away, chirping away. Even the President of the United States chirps away on this. And the more they talk about it, the more they are inciting racism. They just need to sit down and be still. Now, you can take a look around America. You see an awful lot of very successful black people. You wouldn't have seen that in the 1950s. We have come a long way. And these race baiters, uh, people that are making money and getting fame by being racist, just basically need to be quiet. And um, I think that we will all learn to get along if they stop all of this conflict. Just stop it. Yeah, so anyway, there are a lot of... A lot of different ways to look at the Donald Sterling thing. Yeah, I, and I agree. And it'll be, um, you know, interesting to see because um, there's a lot of predictions he's going to try to fight this in court. So, um, you know, and, and it's it's sad and it's probably a new story that I'm going to fast forward and not pay a lot of attention to until the end. Yeah, I was going to. I was just going to say I would recommend to um, everybody out there who's listening. Uh, don't waste any more of your time on the Donald Starling case. Yeah. Study the things that matter. This is just another yeah. one. Seen a bunch of them before. Last one was what Trayvon Martin, right? Uh, and the Zimmerman guy down in Florida. Uh, just you know, you know, read about it one time and then forget about it. Study the things that matter. The things. Yeah, that are I, I, I always say what goes around comes around because you know he he was arrested and he's had all kinds of financial issues and you know it it, it just uh you know as my mother used to say it doesn't pay to be bad so there is a yeah. god and and he he is just it just may not seem like it to us but um he is so all right woody well thank you again uh for a wonderful session and i will be talking to you soon thank you so thank much thank you felice all right bye 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 Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of The Current Issues in the Constitution. 
If you'd like to join us live, visit our show page on ultimatehomeschoolradionetwork.com. And for more information about Professor Wilson's classes, visit AmericanHistoryKidsClass.com. See you next week.